in a very short sentence, sum up what you believe grace is? That's a really good question because I keep saying when I keep saying the definition, which is God's unmerited favor for sinful mankind. Mm -hmm. But if I was going to make it personal, it's God's unearned love for me. Your life, your journey starts now. Welcome to the Journey Podcast. This is uh, Jeff Carlson, and today we're going to talk about the grace of God. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, uh, with Sarah, and Sarah's here. Hello, Sarah. Hello. And Don is here also, and Don will be uh, asking Sarah a few questions. In an earlier podcast, we uh, talked to Don about this topic, and uh, it was a great podcast, and uh, Sarah just thought, hey, uh, she'd want to jump into this this topic too. So, anyway, let's just jump right in. And uh, Don, do you want to just say a few yeah, words? Yeah. yeah, I want to say thanks, Jeff. First of all, for introducing us, and I know that you're getting better at that on a day to day basis. And <laughs> yeah, I'm trying. We're man. proud of you. Your daughter's sitting here. We're looking, getting a little you know. better at this podcasting. <laughs> well, yeah, thing as we we're do, always right? going to chill, man. Take a chill <laughs> pill and get it on. Uh, yeah. So I will jump right into this, Sarah, because now it's payback time. <laughs> Uh, Thanks, Don. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> the last time we were talking, you know, we finished up. You had asked me about kind of to summarize what I felt was the grace of God in my life because of my past. And for folks listening to the podcast, this will bait them to listen to another one if they'll listen to that one first. So please keep listening. Yeah, please listen to Don's Come on, podcast listen to first. them all. Not yeah. just mine, all of them. There's so much here, and we'll try to keep them in line, and that's what we're doing. So... With that being said, I gave you my spin on what grace means to me, and you're not even but half my age, so could I hear what your definition of grace is? Well, yeah, so I actually thought that grace was just a nice girl's name, mm -hmm. and I have, inter I have an interesting story about um, God's grace, but before I get into that, um, I do just want to mention that if you've listened to Don's podcast, you... Um, you know that he's struggled with alcoholism and he's had a fairly rough life. Um, that's, that's an understatement. That's a, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> Very true. And um, I've had a different story than Don's story. So um, I was actually raised by Jeff and Terry Carlson, who are the creators of, of journey. Mm -hmm. And um, I feel like journey was really much like came out of the way that I was raised. So my mom um, went on, she was a nurse when I was young and she went on to become a licensed Christian uh, counselor, a licensed counselor and works um, as a Christian counselor. And, um, and journey was written by her along with um, pa pastor Mike. And when you go through journey, it's hard for me, if you're just listening, you probably have a hard time understanding what I mean when I say that I was raised that way. But when you go through journey, I think that you'd look back on what I'm saying right now and be like, oh, that makes sense. So the questions that are asked, the nurturing that is in journey coaching, that's how I was raised. So meaning when I had problems with my friends um, and it was 9.30 p.m. on a school night and I had a hard time falling asleep, my mom was there asking me these questions. There are similar questions in, to, in what journey coaching is all about. And so let me interrupt you there. You yeah. mean so that the questions in journey coaching, then you feel are a lot like questions that you were 
had the blessing and the grace yes. to ask your parents? No, that they asked me, that okay. my mom asked me. So she wrote them. She essentially, she took parenting and she wrote it down. I really kind of feel like journey coaching is kind of like parenting or nurturing for adults. Mm-hmm. I mean, kids could do it too, but it's um, doing really good parenting and writing it down and then helping us parent each other almost to an extent, which is weird. And I've never really said it that way, but that's when I went through the coaching. So when I, when, when you go through the coaching and the questions that were asked, those were the things that my mom asked me. So those were the things that she walked me through when I was growing up. Like, what are your strengths, Sarah? And helping lead me to finding my strengths and, um, dealing with weaknesses in a, in a healthy way. And so that's how I was raised. So I accepted Christ when I was eight years old. And then I was raised in a very healthy environment. I, I, I feel like, I mean, every family deals with their issues and um especially my dad and I we have our (laughs) oh do we have any issues Sarah come on (laughs) I think we're enough alike where maybe there's a few things I mean even sparks fly that father daughter yeah Don even admonished us earlier (laughs) today he was he was like I don't even know what that word means for (laughs) (laughs) a good reprimanded him yeah uh just you know enjoy your relationship and stuff um and take don't take it for granted and Don told us that earlier um so so yeah so so I was raised in a really healthy environment i feel like and um well and, and can i jump in with just a, a thought with the environment that? thing so <laughs> you mentioned your mom's uh grace which i i definitely agree with and then there's another thing that uh, we talk about sometimes is truth and, and trying to you know the truth is uh, sarah it's uh, eight o'clock in the morning the bus is coming you really need to get on the bus today now there's not a whole lot of grace there. It's like Sarah, you need to go up and get on the bus. Yeah. Right? So what he's saying is that the grace came from my mom, and that you're no. <laughs> well, yeah. There was well, a lot of yeah, was, hard. Yeah. I mean, I was I was held to a very high standard, especially since I was the oldest, and my parents owned a company, and I worked there, and my dad held held me to a high standard, which is funny now when he tells me when I'm holding my own children to <laughs> yeah. a high standard, and he's like, "Can't you just give him a little grace?" And I'm Dr- like, "Drill sergeant, drill sergeant, Sarah." Isn't it funny how we as parents kind of change our tune? A well, bit. then he becomes grandparent, and grandparents yeah. not as hard as parents. I'm like, "Do you remember?" A similar situation, I would not have gotten away with that. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I think there it's, it's really something that's been hitting me lately is this balance between grace and truth and trying to to get that, uh, not that it's going to be perfect, but get it get it well, you know, so well, you I balance think, those out. I think they're not opposite ends of the spectrum either because grace can be truthful too. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's, I don't think God is an enabling God, he's not going to enable you. We're, so let me, t- then let's lead no. into this story. Right, so, right. so this is a story that I kept quiet and you know what, Don, I'm going to let you decide if this is even, you guys are going to decide <laughs> if this is even something that we actually want to actually air. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So this is a story that I kept quiet for years. I did not tell people because I, um, rightfully so would think that they thought I was crazy. <laughs> so, um, so this is my story with Grace. Um, I have always wanted to have children. I got married young, um, and uh, we were married for three years when our oldest son was born. And I had my very first panic attack during my scheduled C-section with my oldest son. And um, 
I did not know what the panic attack was. I just felt like I was dying. And they even hooked me up to the heart monitor. So I really did think that there was a physical problem. And um, I had prayed and asked God to just let me live so that I could take care of my husband and my son. I was 21 years old. And um, about seven months went by and I really was convinced that I had almost died during my C-section. And about seven months went by and I was actually um, at the movie theater watching a movie about um, firefighters and it hit me again. And I had my second panic attack and I went out to the lobby and that's when I knew that's wait, this is a panic attack because obviously I'm not in surgery at this moment Mm -hmm. and everything else was fine. Um, and that was the start of, um, a different kind of story about anxiety and panic attacks and, um, a long line of dealing with that. But what else was a catalyst at that moment was the fact that, um, I, uh, a month prior, I had actually found out I was pregnant a second time. Um, So having that second panic attack was actually a blessing because um, I realized, wait a second, maybe I will survive a second child. But at the but a month prior to that second panic attack, um, I actually found out I was pregnant. Um, I had um, a neighbor over at my house that night and she had asked me, she said, Sarah, when are you going to have another child? And I looked at her and I said, <laughs> never. I know. I go, never. <laughs> and she's like, what? Like the look on her face was shocking because you don't usually have a 21 year old with a right. baby say never. <laughs> and, um, and I, I, I said, well, maybe in a, maybe in five years I'll adopt. And cause I was really, I was convinced that it was a death sentence if I had, if I got pregnant again and she walked out and it was about 9 PM that night, she walked out. I looked at my calendar and I realized, um, I should probably check something. <laughs> so I went to Hy-Vee and I got a test and I came home and it turned positive instantly. Praise God. <laughs> well, that's not <laughs> how you looked at it. That is not how I looked at it. Um, so I walked out of the bathroom and my husband was just so excited and he, and he, and he hugged me and I said, don't touch me. That's how we got into this problem in the first place. And he was, he knew well enough to just be like, okay, he didn't really say anything. And it was bedtime anyway. So, um, he just went and lay down and years later I found out he was actually awake this whole time. So this whole time that I thought my husband just went to sleep, he was awake and he was waiting for me. Um, because my personality is when something's bothering me, I cannot fall asleep. I ruminate on it and ruminate on it and ruminate on it. And he knew that. And so he just left me alone. Um, I wanted to call my aunt who I knew could possibly understand, but it was late and I didn't want to bother her. So I called my parents because I can always call my, (laughs) I can always call my parents at any time. So I called my parents and my mom answered the phone and I said, mom, I was crying. And I said, mom, God has given me something that I cannot handle. And she told me later that she thought that Matt or my son had died in a car accident. And she goes, what is it, Sarah? And I go, I'm pregnant. And she started laughing because obviously that was a good thing instead of my spouse or my child dying in a car accident. Um, And then I was like, no, that I, no, this is not okay. Like I just couldn't. And she was like, then she, you know, she's compassionate. She's like, okay. And she, and she's like, well, it'll be okay. And then my dad and my brother got on the phone. He was still a child and living at home, a teenager and living at home. And they got on the phone and they congratulated me, but that wasn't helpful. Well, Sorry. You know, anything, <laughs> anything we can do to not help, just just let us know. <laughs> and so, um, granted, it's probably 10 o'clock, t- 
10 o'clock at night on whatever day. And um, So can I interrupt you? Yeah. So would it, from where I sit, double your age, mm-hmm. would it be fair for me to say at that point in your life, one could say you didn't have a whole lot of faith. I was, God gave you I, something you couldn't handle. Yeah. I'm not sure that, and I'm not picking on you. No, don't I'm pick on me. I mean, you like are. Me. So you, it's very clear that you weren't trusting God when you make a statement like that. And the reason I caught that is because I've said it all my life. And I've always been told by what you'd call really devout Christians, Don Evans, God will never give you more than you can handle. And my grandma told me something when I was a little boy. I was about six or seven years old. And I do, before I make this comment, I have big shoulders. I'm a big guy. And my grandma, I'll never forget this quote. She goes, Donnie, you got the biggest shoulders of any of the grandkids in the family. And they had 12 kids, so there's a lot of rugrats running around. And she said, God's got a plan for you at seven years old. Yeah. But I didn't know God. And at that point in your life, you weren't trusting God. Well, and it's amazing that you say that because here we're doing a little journey coaching right here on this podcast. Yeah, man. Um, because what is it that the there's a Bible verse that talks about like without what is it? Um, uh, f- like perfect, wait, perfect love casts out fear, mm-hmm. and something about a tie between faith and fear, and I can't remember what that is. But there is a tie between faith and fear. And so what I will say is my biggest struggle, you just nailed it on the head, mm-hmm. is fear. Right. So this That's, lack of know. faith is coming from this immense fear. And mm-hmm. I was very fearful. But you also know, and I just, I'm going to plug Zach Williams, a Christian singer. His songs, one of my favorites, we played at church, Fear is a Liar. Yeah. And it is. Yeah. It's a liar. It is. And I believe that lie. Yeah. For 59 years. Yeah. So I'm glad you're no, it up is. about it in your 30s. Well, and so what ended up happening was talking about that lie is that I got off the phone with my family and um, I went into the other room where my son was sleeping and he was, I don't know, six, seven, eight months at that point and he was sleeping in his crib and I sat down on the floor and this is this is why I haven't told this story. that I've, I've, In the last eight years, he this the son that I was pregnant with is 14 now. So I think about 10 years ago, I started sharing it um, a little bit. And as time goes on, I just don't care anymore. Um, So um, I sat down on the floor and I cried and I had a, um, I have been through some stuff in my life. um, And this, yet this was one of the darkest, this was the dark, I call this day, it was February 7th, 2005. Um, I know the date. February 7th, 2005 is the date that I call my worst day of my life and my best day of my life. It was the worst day of my life because it was so dark. It was Mm -hmm. so dark. Um, I'd grown up in a pro-life family um, and I pride myself on being pro-life. But at that moment, I I could see hard questions, weren't you? I was, I was scared. I was very, very scared. And I looked at my son. I was, I was dealing with a lot of baby blues and stuff too, um, after he was born. And I looked at my son and I thought, how can I take care of two babies Mm -hmm. when I don't even feel like I can take care of one and let alone, how am I going to survive this? And I sat on the floor and I sobbed Mm -hmm. and it was 
so dark. It was like a pitch black room in my mind and my heart. And I was sitting there sobbing. And all of a sudden, like a light switch, like when you flip a light Mm -hmm. switch and a room fills with bright white light, it was like a light switch switched. And I heard audibly, my grace is sufficient. Wow. And I heard Jesus's voice. And there's an Amy Grant song that talks about the peace that passes understanding. Mm -hmm. And I was filled with complete peace at that light switch, at that flip. My grace is sufficient. And I will tell you that the words went straight to my brain. It was like they bypassed my ears. They were audible. They were like physically audible, but they went straight to my brain. They bypassed my ears. I knew that if anyone else was in that room, they would not have heard the voice because it went straight to my brain. It's the hardest thing to describe. I also... Um, rem- I don't remember anymore. I remember what I thought, but I remember thinking um, that I'll never hear that voice. I- the voice you don't hear in a human's voice. It had the strength of a man's voice and the compassion of a female voice. And I've never heard any voice like mm. that. Um, and I will say that the first thing I thought was, um, um, what is great? Like, I just thought, what's grace? I-, I was just like, grace is a female's name. Um, but I was filled with so much peace that I stood up and I walked into my bedroom. I left my son's bedroom and walked into my bedroom and I literally fell asleep (laughs) before my head hit the pillow. And Matt told me, I was telling this story to friends. um, That's not only grace, that's peace. That was grace. Um, (laughs) Matt said to me years, I was telling this story to some friends and Matt goes, said something and um, yeah, he had been awake the whole time and he actually, he remembers me. He goes, you were sobbing and you got up and you, I was waiting for you to start talking. And then I realized you were completely asleep. Um, And I was like, yeah. So what ended up happening was um, it about, it took about three days. It kind of like, like Novocaine kind of wears off. Mm -hmm. Like I was just filled with so much peace that it like protected me for, and it just slowly wore off. And then after about three days, I had to start digging into scripture because the anxiety came back. And, um, and so that one of the first things I did was to search out what grace was, because to me, it was just a girl's name. And so I, um, found out that grace is God's, God's unmerited or unearned favor for sinful mankind. And, um, it is in second Corinthians chapter 12, when Paul is boasting about the weaknesses that he has, because he says, um, Jesus says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And the apostle Paul goes on to say, therefore, I will boast all the more in my weaknesses and hardships and insults. And I'm not quoting it word for word, but, um, um, because God's grace, it, um, is shown in all of those. So in my weaknesses, I did not think that I could, so here's God's grace on my life. I did not think that I could take care of, um, one child and I now have six children. So we went on to have, um, God just showed me so much about his love, um, and his mercy and his, um, how much he adores children through and his care for me and our family. And, um, we went on to have four biological children and two, um, we have legal guardianship of our fifth child and we just legally adopted our sixth child. Wow. So that is my story. <laughs> Yeah, that's of quite God's a story. Grace. And, you know, if we're going to go back to the day we met, I'm looking at you and all those youngins. You know, I'm just a hillbilly. I couldn't help it. I went, okay, I'm looking at the you're, oh, the one I'm going to coach. Yeah. I'd look at you and looking at him. Okay, mathematically, this ain't working out. 
This ain't right. What do you mean? <laughs> oh, the he, age. Yeah. Because <laughs> he looks so much older than he really is to me. I'm like, yeah. wait a minute. Wait a minute. But anyway, it was really funny. Well, we I all also are different skin colors. Yeah, Did I you? know, right? <laughs> but I was looking at it and I'm just redneck enough going, wait a minute. Where are they from? <laughs> well, and it's funny because my oldest, who we just adopt, legally adopted, we have to wait till they're, um, we, yeah, we just legally adopted our adult daughter. Um, we've had her for many years, though. Um, but she's 20. She just turned 20 last yeah. week. So... And I'm 37, so that means, you know, do the math there, but... <laughs> so, back to you and the grace. Yes. Because I'm fixing to think you're getting ready to close up here. Yeah. <laughs> I want you to do this for me, okay. like we started out with. In a very short sentence, sum up what you believe grace is. In your own personal walk and spiritual... Con- That's a really good question, because I keep saying... When I keep saying the definition, which is God's unmerited favor for sinful mankind. Mm-hmm. But if I was going to make it personal. Yeah. Make it your story. Um, it's God's unearned love for me. Amen. That's powerful. And for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> they all get it. Right. <laughs> Thanks for interviewing me today. And sorry, I just talked so much. Oh my goodness. No, that's why we get along. So you guys want to shut up. <laughs> Jeff's over here looking at us like, you know, I'm getting hungry over here. Oh I know. Do you want to close this out? out, Dad. Uh, well, Come on, Gilligan. Close uh, this out here. <laughs> yeah, no, this is this has been really something to listen to, Sarah. It's uh, as a father, it's 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 humbling. Uh, it's very uh, cool. That uh, your mom and I were uh, just a part of your story, and that, that we've been a part, and, and hopefully will continue, you know, you to be a part. Are. Yeah, that's, that's what I, I envy in you. Yeah, you still are. And some of us don't have that luxury. Yeah, it, it's 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 very cool, and uh, my hope, Don, is that the the kiddos in your life uh, understand what a really cool dad they have because they do. Everything's in God's hands, sir, and he'll take care of yep. it. Thank you for being concerned. And, and so, really, I think in all this, as we're relating it to journey, one of the things that I, I think is important to say is, for a lot of people listening today, uh, Sarah's story is like, what what uh, was she smoking? <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, uh, guys, here's the thing. You look at all the sort of things you hear every day and the way the world is and, you know, just consider that maybe there is something to this. Uh, you know, maybe there is a God that loves us. Mm-hmm. And maybe th- there is a God that loves you. And how can you lean into that and move forward? And um, They can start their journey right here with us. Just start the journey That's right here. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, reach out to us. There's ways to do that. And uh, journeycoaching.org, uh, there's uh, Facebook, Instagram, but actually just reaching out and making those connections and to uh, help us uh, to know where you're at and how we can help you on your journey. We'd love Leave to do that. Leave us a comment in the comment section on the website. Absolutely. Please do. Leave us yeah. a comment. Yeah, we'll get back media, to you. So. Yeah. Wouldn't you yeah. just love to have Don show up at your door? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let me in. Let me in. <laughs> Thanks for listening today and uh, join us again. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Thank you for listening. Tune in next time and make sure you like and subscribe. Visit us at journeycoaching.org. 
and check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Start your own journey at journeycoaching.org. Your life, your journey starts now.